Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Maybe it helps that I turn my unmute mine. That could help. Welcome, everybody. Depends on what your goals are. <laughs> yeah, so go ahead and turn, turn mine back down a little bit. All right. Okay, so welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Yes. Um, you're, it's hold funny on. To, you're bouncing in and out. I'm bouncing in and out like my audio is like dying, gone. Like half the time I hear you, half the time I don't hear you. Are what? Like right now you're talking and I'm not hearing you. <sighs> now I hear you. Okay. Yeah. The sigh comes through. This is. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Stand by. We may be experiencing technical difficulties. I know this comes as a huge shock to you. Those of you who have been with us for a while, you know that our shows go off without a single solitary technical hitch. Right. Every single time. Right. <laughs> now that I've convinced you of that, I would like you to take out your wallet <laughs> and send me all your money. Um, yeah, so stand by, folks. In theory, you can hear me. I'm not even sure you can. Oh, they've changed the widget. Oh, I YouTube. Now we, this could be, again, right. instead of interpretive dance, we were discussing, you know, mime. All right, so how is it now? I mean, right I'm, now I I'm seeing you. blinky blinkies, so everything's good? Are we good? Yes, everything's you're fine. You're in my mic. Are you're in my headphones, yes. I'm in your headphones. <laughs> you're in I'm my right. head. Get out of my head! <laughs> why, don't, why don't we turn Tim's down a little bit? All right, so... <laughs> So originally, we had a plan, and something we, that doesn't happen very often. We often have a plan. Something that doesn't happen very you have often. have to show that off. We had a plan, and the plan was that we were going to take Mr. Predicto here and, and look, through the, look through the crystal ball and just ask Mr. Predicto a number of questions about stuff and things, and Mr. Predicto would give us answers. It's like a magic eight ball. Sure. And then James Gunn had the audacity to do what we wanted him to do. unmitigated <laughs> gall. To satisfy or, or dissatisfy, depending on your <laughs> point of view, point of view. Um, the people who were wanting him to actually tell what he had planned for the, the DC Universe. Yes. So we have had to change our plans, thanks to Mr. Gunn and Mr. Saffron, Mr. Peter Saffron. Wait a minute. Hold on. Can't you just sit there and make comment and then ask? No, no, because we got a whole bit with Mr. Predictor. Right, gonna, yeah. We, we're we, going we, really we to do this right. right. We have to do it right. We're, we're gonna but do the it. good news is, is that we can push that down a little bit down the line yeah. and deal with this particular timely piece of information. This happened today. If you somehow miss the news, yeah. um, and, and quite frankly, you may have because, you know, Well, and, and for those of you who are, who are wondering, uh, you can go to sci-fi-for-me.com. I have posted a rather lengthy article with all of the information that came out here through the various different trades. Um, Deadline's got articles, Variety's got this, and Hollywood Reporter's got this, all this stuff. So we've compiled and, and taken everything that we've been able to find over the last couple of days and, and dropped it in this thing because apparently uh, Gunn and Saffron met with press mm -hmm. on Monday 
we were not included in that. <clears throat> have to have to send a sternly worded email. Dear sirs, I, exactly. So right? I register complaint. I'll put on my complaining trousers <laughs> and send an email. Um, but they met with press, they met with the trades, and so you've got all these articles that came out today right, after yeah. Gunn gets on, uh, does his video, here's mm -hmm. chapter one of the new DC universe. What they're and it, well, DC. it's not even completely chapter one. They're looking at... This is it's about, the beginning. This is, what we got today is about half of what they're planning to do in the next eight to ten years. Yeah. So we, this is the... This takes us to 2027 is what chapter one is going right. to be. Right. So we're going to have, we're going to have more information obviously coming out. And I think some of this stuff, based on what they have here, I can see some potential, con potential, very potential connections here. Because a lot of the stuff I've read. Mm. So I'm like, hmm. Or, or I've read something that is a part of an inspiration too, right? Because... Right. Again, we come back to that thing that you always have to bear in mind, whether it's a novel or a comic or anything else, adapting it to be a movie or a TV series means you're going to see changes to the source material. And that is just the realities of moving from one medium to another. But if you can capture the essence of the thing, uh, the details sometimes you know, become mechanics of storytelling. Right. Um, but it's the essence of the thing you're trying to capture. And if, if some of this stuff... I'm I'm really intrigued and a little I'm a little bit excited about a few things, which is interesting. I, that's, that's kind of, I'm hmm. I'm looking at this list, and I find it difficult to get excited about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's my natural cynicism or my my it's his natural my cynicism. pessimism. It, it's my, tempered with uh, my, uh, 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 a dash of uh, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm jaded at this point. Perhaps I, some, just some little, jaded. Well, it, but well, okay. I, I look at this stuff and I'm like, well, right. okay. What's interesting about this list is that while if you are a fan of of certain parts of the of the DC comic universe, you know who some of these characters are, but they're not mainstream big name characters. For when when the first Iron Man came out, <clears throat> there were tons of these articles talking about B-list hero Iron Man. <laughs> and if you were a comic book, if you're a Marvel comic book fan, you went, "What? Yeah, B-list are huh? Yeah." And somebody even described it as a C-list. Which didn't? I mean, it, it's it's that's like okay, crazy. You guys don't. What a strange thing to say. These are some comic book characters who are are really very interesting characters and very cool characters who have been in some really they've been in Justice League comics they've been in, they've they've had their own series but they're not necessarily the big name folks so you're not you're they're not starting off I mean Superman is in the slate mm -hmm. but it's not he's you know and Supergirl's there too our first Supergirl movie in how many decades a while yeah. So, um, and actually based on a series that I really enjoyed and thought was a very interesting take on, on Supergirl. Um, I'm very curious to see how it gets translated to the screen because it's like 12 issues long. And 12 issues condensed down to one and a half, two hours can be an issue, you know? I mean, that's just one of the things. But we like chopping off the top of my head. You might want to pick shores as well, Jason. Um, but... Uh, 
so it, you know, but but this is something that Gunn has always done. I mean, he did it. This is Guardians of the Galaxy, was on the Marvel side of things. People were like the what a what, yeah, and and this gives what what this does. And if if story is in fact king with this, and that was something he emphasized in on on the video and in all the interviews that I saw, um, that story 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 story, which. We're kind of fans of over here. Yes. Um, so th that's good to hear. It's encouraging. Um, but these are um, these are characters that have a lot of potential, and if you're looking to build a universe that is connected, the way he's talking about it being connected, and they're right now they're talking about a single universe that's the focus. DC is still a multiverse. Yes, but and, right and now we're going to get Elseworlds. Yeah, Elseworlds for now, but they're they're talking about multiversal stories. But for now, they're talking this one. This is the one. Get get comfortable with this one, so that when we go out to the other ones, you're not like, what is going on? I think one of the things that strikes me with this is you've got the use of the actual word Elseworlds, mm -hmm, which I'm really pleased with, and. You're bouncing back and forth on uh, the side again. My, what, on my? Sometimes you are in here, sometimes you're not. Okay, so the micro, okay, is the microphone working now? Right now. Do I need to switch Don't into? <sighs> Take your hand and, and then balance, put your, raise right. your toe just on that. Yeah, yeah. all right. My, my apologies, folks. I guess, I guess I got a wire getting ready to short out on me. So, okay. so the, as Jason said, I mean, looking at things as Elseworlds, you've got Matt Reeves, Batman, you've got, um, you've got the Joker movies. These are all Elseworld titles. And what's really appealing to me is that uh, among the th decisions that DC has made that I have not been thrilled with, and there's a few, um, is doing away with things like Vertigo. And Elseworlds has even kind of gone kind of... Now it's all Black Label. Black la and, yeah. and, and look, the Black Label idea is fine. I don't have a problem with it. There's been some really interesting Black Label titles. But I was a teenager in the 80s. And, you know, in college in the, in the early 90s, that's when Elseworld and Vertigo were huge. And it was these really rich storytelling spaces that... Um, you know, when DC kind of moved into this this New 52 thing and kind of just derailed a lot of things, this is one of the places where things like Vertigo mm -hmm. and the Elseworlds stuff went off the rails or, or just was abandoned. And so bringing, coming, you know, referring to this as Elseworlds um, is really appealing to me as not only an older fan, or someone who's been a fan for as long as I've been a fan, but also kind of gives me a sense of him understanding the world he's talking about right and I mean and of course look this could all go off the rails I mean <laughs> as, as he I've seen in a bunch of different interviews he's like we've got a lot to prove and so he's got no illusions they're like what what happens after the end of the first this this first chapter? he goes I don't know I'm already tired and and because it's a lot I mean you know look the, there's Whoever does this, you know, if it had not been gone, it had been somebody else, right? Yeah. And whoever was taking on this is taking on a seriously huge job. And so... And not just from the standpoint of it's, you know, making new, making new DC movies, but also essentially rebuilding 
and and earning the trust of the fans again and and putting all this continuity and catching up mm-hmm. catching up to where because marvel has been you know do, you know going gangbusters for how long and right now there's an opportunity because marvel phase four has not been received as enthusiastically as it's as also the been other i mean three. It, but it's you know it's a different kind of it's a different kind of storytelling yeah and 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 that's for good and for ill, but DC has an opportunity here, um, and I think that that in many ways the idea that it needs to be a race between the two mm-hmm. is is done, because it's just not going to be. I mean, DC's got to make it. It's got to it's got to forge its own path here, and to some degree, I'm I'm looking at this slate. And if you haven't seen it, folks, and you haven't checked out the uh, our site yet, real quickly. What we've got coming up. This is this is the this is the plan. We should probably um, we have, um, and I guess this is in order. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, so creature commandos. Creature commandos. Creature commandos. Now, and if you're not familiar with creature commandos, um, this is Frankenstein, the Bride of Frankenstein, um, uh, Rick Flag Senior. And it's Eric Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. So this is and the, and Creature Commandos has actually been around since the 1960s in various forms, Something I think. Something like that, yeah. And um, currently, Frankenstein is a character in DC Comics um, who has been around uh, ac- active. Uh, start, I think there's a revival in the New Fifty Two, and it's carried on into the current stuff. Um, obviously, from the horror side, but Creature Commandos were the monsters who fought in World War Two. And it was the allies. The allies have have gotten the you know the Wolfman and Frankenstein and Dracula and they're a vampire and they're fighting the Nazis. And it's like okay, cool. Um, and, and they also made an appearance in Dwayne, uh, uh, um, New Frontier. New Frontier, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, who wrote that? I just uh, Darwin to... Cook. Darwin Cook, yes, thank you. Okay, so this one actually, and this is one. This is animated. And the, and the image that's out is actually from the film. So they've already done some animation. I'm not sure where it is in terms of completion. Um, but this intrigues me. And I'm like, okay, all right, you've got my attention. This could be a fun animated picture. Mm-hmm. Probably geared a little more towards grown-ups. But it also leaves apparently in the PG-13 realm. Well, and the other interesting thing about this is Gunn has, has said that all of this is connected. So... The people who are voicing the animated characters have the potential to show up in live action as those characters. And apparently, the casting for these roles was that in mind. That in mind, yeah. So, that, which is which is nice because we've had, while the DC animated universe has had the opportunity to cast a lot of interesting actors playing Superman and Batman, and they've been some some of that has been really good, yeah. and some of it has been not, not so good. good. We love Peter Weller, but um, I mean things like that. But but the worst Batman ever, and just not his fault. He's yeah. the wrong. You know. I, anyway, um, so that's there's that, and then Waller, which is spinning off of the the Suicide Squad, which leads to everyone asking, are there people who are returning? And he said, in some cases, there will be people who are returning. Yeah, They're talking Viola about Davis, Gal- Viola Davis is back as as Amanda Waller. Who is also in Creature Commandos. Right. Because that team is put together by Amanda Waller, same as the Suicide Squad. Now, what they're doing here with the Waller, this is a HBO... Uh, 
HBO show. Max live action. Yeah. And what this is going to be on the on the more adult end, the darker end of this, because Amanda Waller is an antihero. See, I'm. And she's kind of well. She's she's she straddles the line between antihero and straight up villain. Because so my thinking is, if you're going to do, if I'm, yeah, if if we're going to do a a show with Amanda Waller as the lead, you run the risk of turning her into a sympathetic character, and. Amanda Waller does not need to be a sympathetic character. I She's a villain. If if the sh here again, nobody people don't come to me for for advice on how to write their things. I'm I'm sad to say, but if it were I, um, there is a line between making a character understandable and sympathetic. And I what I what I would like to see out of this show is Amanda Waller. And we'll come back to this with the authority. Um, Amanda Waller is a character who looks at the world and says, this is a terrible place, and I will use anything in my power, no matter how awful, to make it better. Hence the Suicide Squad. Right. Um, you know, which is horrible criminals who, many of which should have death sentences, um, who are murderers and, and worse. Uh, and, 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 and it should be noted, this whole chapter is going to be called Gods and Monsters. Right, which, which, which is kind of interesting because some of the darker things in here. Um, so there's, there's a, a potential here to give a really, really dive into why she does, why she is the way she is, which would be kind of interesting, um, but also make you, if, if not root for her, understand her. And I think you could do that in a series and, you know, um, we'll see. We'll see how they do it. Yeah. Um, the first film in this in this new thing is the new Superman film, and I have to say, I don't. I, who knows? But if you're going to put up an image, this see, is the image that's going to give me a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. This gives me pause, because the title of the movie is called Superman Legacy, and what we know so far is. This is young Superman. He's coming to terms with being a Kryptonian and being the superhero and all this other stuff. And I, I like that so far. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Peter Safran says the right things, you know, truth, justice in the American way. It's, mm -hmm. it's back in there, right. which is it's good to see. But the image that they're using to promote this movie is Frank Quitely's cover from All-Star Superman. And the story of All-Star Superman is he has absorbed so much solar radiation yeah, that his I... cells are exploding. He's dying. He's essentially got cancer. And this is an end-of-life story. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I don't have the same sort of I, pause. I get a mixed message I, But I, I, was, I, was thinking of, I was thinking of all the, like, the, the big cover art of Superman. And there are... There are very few that are shorthand for what they're talking about, and this, this I think for for what for how they're describing it, this this, and he's he except looks except it's not well except he's it, I mean for the average person for the person who's read it yeah no you're quite right it's it's very much a different kind of story but for the average person just looking at the image, it's a very calm, relaxed younger young looking in in, in this particular image. Um, you know, 
innocent looking Superman. But wouldn't you pick a picture of Superman who's actually doing something except contemplatively sitting on a cloud? Um, well, they, so in fairness here, you look at some of the images here. Uh, the Amanda Waller one um, is from about 20 years ago, I think. Yeah. And uh, she's she's in shackles. I'm, this may actually happen, but it, she won't stay in them for long. Because yeah, Waller is spinning out of the first season of Peacemaker. Yeah, it's in between the first and second season. And, and the, the reason, second season is on hold. The second season is on hold because I haven't written it yet, is yeah. what Gunn said. Um, so I mean I'm 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 pleased so far you know uh, with with what they're talking about for Superman and he is kindness in a world that thinks kindness is thinks of kindness as old fashioned and I like which that. okay if you're gonna do that if you're gonna give us the the big blue Boy Scout you know and you're giving us Christopher Reeve Superman I'm I'm, I'm on board with that. We'll see what they do, but I'm, I'm uh, so far, so far, so good. The, the Hal Jordan and John Stewart series. This is going to be on Lanterns. This is going to be on uh, HBO Max, and a true detective style mystery. And I'm so so I, as as somebody who really loved the first season of True Detective, uh-huh. I thought it was brilliant writing. Performances from uh, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson were just incredible. Um, and it's a sort of, it's cosmic horror. It's subtle cosmic horror, but it's cosmic horror. Um, and it set the bar very high for the next seasons of True Detective, which, it, while they weren't bad... They weren't as good. It, it's, it was really hard. They paled, they paled in comparison, even when they were good, because they were just, if you, if you went in thinking that you were getting this sort of metaphysical horror this existential dread that you got in the first season, that's not what the stories they were telling. Yeah. And that's fine. They were, it's essentially an anthology show. It, it's, <clears throat> I hate to say it, it's the viewer's fault. Because, <laughs> and, and the thing is, is that the, the, it's also the people who made its fault because they didn't sit there and make it very like crystal clear to us, the audience. Don't expect that. That's not the, what we're doing. It's the same thing with, with uh, John Carpenter going, Halloween was always supposed to be an anthology series, you guys. <laughs> Fine, we'll bring back Michael Myers. Jeez, people. Um, but, so the idea of a true detective, in my mind, when I hear true detective, I think first season. Cosmic horror, Green Lanterns. Gre- cosmic horror, Green Lantern cop show. I am there! <laughs> I, okay, so so what I'm what I'm seeing with this is... Hopefully not what we got in the Ryan Reynolds movie because that was kind of a cosmic horror of saying yeah. with Parallax. I, hopefully they don't do that. But that was another example of, of the the problem with DC for a good chunk of this whole thing, which has been you have to earn the place you're at. Yes, you got to earn Parallax. Parallax is the tragedy of Hal Jordan and Parallax has to be a tragedy. Because of how you get there, right? Yeah, it's the journey right, that the right. journey to parallax ain't short. No, um, it's not. Now, if you're doing, if if they, I I can't imagine they would want to bring parallax back for this. But if you were gonna, you'd do it in a series, so you had the time to let it breathe, not in an hour. Well, because the Ryan Reynolds movie doesn't take parallax like Hal Jordan parallax. Right. It's the 
it's the other parallel. It's just a green monster. But the the thing is, if you're monster. going to do this, if you're going to do lanterns, and this is not Greg Berlanti's Green Lantern stuff. Right. It feels like just from whatever everything I'm seeing so far, it feels like Greg Berlanti is out. It doesn't Superman seem. Superman and Lois. Superman and Lois on CW is the last thing. He doesn't have anything else because his Booster Gold movie is gone too. Because we're getting a Booster Gold series, it's a completely different project. Well, he they may again because we don't know. Um, he may be some doing something else for them that's part of the later part of this because Maybe. because the fact is we've the whole thing is to have animated television and feature film all connect and video games, and video games all all be part of the same moving set of parts and so you'd have somebody who's voicing the character in the video game playing but it live action see there's a danger so, there because then you run into the same problem that star wars has now with here's the movie and in order to really understand what they did in the movie, now you've got to go read this book, and you got to read this comic and, book. And, and they address this. that in a couple of the interviews. That could be a problem. It can be a problem. And they, and they have addressed that, and they, basically the idea being these things are going to stand on their own so that if Superman shows up in The Authority, which is one of the references, uh, and I, I can't remember the, the full part, but it was like if Superman shows up in The Authority, Superman is showing up in a movie about The Authority. Their story... Here's Superman. It doesn't, you know, you you should be able to watch the thing without it. And you just go, oh, here's Superman. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about the authority in a minute. Um, I am intrigued with the idea of doing space cops because, of course, that's, at various points, that's been a, an important part of the Green Lantern storytelling. The it's Yeah, but that's mostly been Hal Jordan's story, not Jon Stewart's story. Well, with the again with a series, you have the opportunity to develop these characters and and dive into some of them. True Detective, and, and this this also intrigues me. The True Detective characters were damaged goods, yeah. which made the story interesting. Is that here are these here are these two guys who almost have a redemption arc for themselves, depending on where when this story takes place. How they're talking about this universe having. This is not going to be a, a series of films that are or, and TV shows that are origin stories. These, this is a which world is where, where superheroes have been around for a while, yeah. um, which means that we could very easily have a um, John Stewart who had who has already murdered the world, which is yeah. spoiler alert for yeah, for, for some of the character if you're not familiar because that's. It wasn't intentional. That was not his goal. But he he carries the weight of these of these people who have died, um, and a large part of his character development for the last couple decades yeah, has been his own personal desire, goal to feel worthy of anything anymore because he carries the weight of of these of this tragedy on his back. Well, and that's what Mosaic was all about, right. where where he's actually rebuilding uh, a world out of all of these different disparate civilizations that got captured and yeah it's it he's a he's a really rich character so i'm very intrigued what they're going to do with this we'll have to see but there's potential here i'm i'm wondering which hal jordan we're going to get because mm. there are mm. a few different a few versions of hal jordan and i don't like some of the the more recent iterations of hal jordan mm. Because the whole idea behind Hal Jordan as a Green Lantern is that he's a man without fear. And this, 
and, and I don't know if New Frontier was the first place where we saw it, but this Hal Jordan pacifist iteration. Oh, he hasn't been a pacifist in the comics recently for, oh, okay. for a, a while. As long as we're not getting no, him. No, 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 no. But, you know, I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't think that, no. Um, there's been a, there there have been a couple of recent shorter run series, and this is something that DC, if you're if you're following along with what DC is doing in comics right now, they seem to be shifting to there are going to be a, there's the long running series like Batman and Superman and action comics, but a lot of other things are shifting over to the ten and twelve issue, six issues, twelve issues, ten issues. Well, model. that's because they can't sustain sales for anything. Well, they're planning it that way now. Which I think is actually pretty good because it means you get to tell a story and then you get to move on and maybe you do another one in that series. Yeah. But it also means that on the artistic side, the writing and artistic side, there's a beginning and middle and end for these the creative teams to do this, which helps uh, a lot. Of, one of the problems with comic books in general is that you always have to have the next thing after the big thing you just did. Yeah. And if you can sit there and go, this creative team is doing six issues of Green Lantern, and then they're gonna move on to do six issues of, of Blue Beetle, and then someone else, you know, there's potential here. We'll see how it plays out, but I, I think this might be a good thing for them. I think it's, I think it's interesting, too, that you have um, all of this emphasis on the connectivity between film, television, video games, and animation and nowhere in any of this are they talking about the comic books. So I'm, I, I have two minds of this, because yes. <laughs> I mean, it's your source of material. Right, but I Everything think... Everything comes from this. But I think there may actually be a... Uh, I, they haven't said, and I'm, I, somebody's going to have to ask them at some point. Maybe it should be asked. Um, the movie audiences do not translate into the comic book buying audience. They just don't. And well, let me let me let me let me stop you there for a second, because we have talked about this, and I I I still think that there's an opportunity. There's no question. There's an opportunity to sell comic books because yes. yes, you've got millions of people that go in there and and watch these movies, and out of those millions of people, there are probably. A percentage of them Absolutely. that you could sit there and go, "Hey, you saw the movie? Go read the comic book." And you put a kiosk in the lobby, and go Absolutely. read a comic book, but and the, they don't do it. Yes, there is a potential there, but the but the simple reality of the situation is, is that the MCU, for example, is not, and it wasn't, and it's not going to be the comic books because they based it. On uh, you're right. the ultimate line, right? right? And now DC doesn't have that problem. DC doesn't have that problem, so they have the potential here. But it really just kind of depends on um, how much there's there's benefits and risks here because the again translating something from the comic to the screen requires some changes. It's, it just does. Yeah, right. And so I'm, I'm I mean yes, they could do more, but I, there I. There's also part of me that simply goes, you're not going to, the, the effort might be more damaging to your storytelling in the end. I don't know. We'll find out. But it, I'm. Mm. Well, okay. The, 
in in that particular case, then what you do is since we're doing limited runs, mm-hmm. you know, five issues, six issues, twelve issues, whatever, then do some comic books that are in the continuity of what you're doing in the filmed media. Potentially, that yeah. Have the that have the the potential to take those readers into other stories that are in in the books. But we may also see some of that considering that some of this stuff is adaptations of existing material. So we, yeah, well, the, the Supergirl and, and the Brave and the Bold are existing series that are yeah. getting adapted. So Those are weird choices. Well, not necessarily. Um, so the next up is The Authority. Yeah. Now, I'm a big fan of the original run of the authority let me make qualifier right there <laughs> before you make that point uh ms says uh, he disagrees about the mini and maxi series being a good thing it's destroying the collecting side of the industry now to that point comic book it, one thing that a lot of people consider that destroyed the comic book industry as a whole, especially in the 90s when you had Marvel almost going bankrupt, was the collection, you know, the collector stuff. You know, and before that, comic books were never meant to be collected and hoarded and, and you know, put in a box and bagged and boarded and all these different things. You, you read it, you throw it away, you go get the next one. And this cult, this why idea of collectability—why they're printed on the on the paper they are right—and <laughs> this idea of collectability, I think, has done a lot of harm to the industry as a whole. Not to say that there's anything wrong with collecting comics, no, it, and buying the collections, the graphic novels, the the anthology stuff of the you know the there's quite a few on your shelves here. Yeah, um, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I and I think that if if your focus is to the collector's market, you're even more limited than the broader, hey, let's try to get people reading comic books. So, yep. but I also think that the mini runs and, and the little things are going to be good. Well, one, if I'm a collector, then I can collect 10 issues and I'm not out $150, $200 for an entire run of whatever story it is. Right. And I can also get the graphic novel because mm-hmm. it's not going to be that big because, you know, 10 to 12 issues is what, you know, however, 120 well, pages. It's, it's, look, in some of this case, you have the chance to tell a complete story and then you can tell another complete story. We do this with novels all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, graphic novels and some of the most popular ones, of course, are the ones that are telling a complete story. Yeah. And the, the of course the runaway stuff that you can get with comics, you know, the Clone Saga is still the er example of this story should have ended a year ago, but sales were good, so we kept going. It's like yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there yeah, there's a balancing act, and I and I can see that, but for me as someone who is looking at some of the especially some of these shorter series they've been doing, and a lot of them have been under under. Uh, like the Human Target series that's been going on is a black label series. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be a 12-issue series, but it's been interesting writing, and the artwork has been fantastic, um, that you would not get in, in mainstream continuity of the DC Universe because... Who's doing the artwork on that? Frank Avia? I can't remember. I think it's, I think it's Tom King on the writing. Yeah. Um, I, it's, 
your mileage may vary, but I like a lot of Tom King stuff. Not everything, but some of, a lot of it stuff I do like. I can't remember who the artist on it, but he's real, they're really good. No. They're really good. It's great. It's gorgeous artwork. Anyway, The Authority, if you're not familiar, um, is from the Wildstorm universe. And basically, think, picture, if you will, um, before the boys, and before the boys in comics, a superhero team that looked at the world and said, well, there's got a whole lot of killings got to happen here. Um, but not in a malevolent way, not in a we're out to, you know, we're evil. Um, it's... This is a necessary thing. This, you got to break some eggs. We got to break some eggs. And, you know, and the thing is, is that they're out to build a finer world. There are pros and cons to this. Some of these characters are very interesting. There's a, a Batman analog. There's a Superman analog. But they are not Batman and Superman. They are. They have a similar power set because the guy who created them, because some of the heroes in this universe are manufactured, the guy who created them is a comic book fan. You're talking about in-universe. In-universe. Yeah. The guy who created them is a comic book fan. He's like, I'm going to build a Batman. I'm going to, and literally that's what he, that's what he set out to do. Um, he built a Flash. He built a Wonder Woman. Um, and they promptly got killed. Um, and the, it's, it's a dark, the, the Wildstorm universe, which includes things like Gen 8, um, well, actually, what, there's a bunch of different gens. There's Gen 13, there's Gen 8, um, and it's literally Generation. Yeah. Um, there's Wildcats, Stormwatch. Uh, it's a really, it's a, it was a really rich universe, which got rolled into the DC universe, and only now, are they starting to actually put out comics where they're using these characters right? DC has really squandered the potential of these characters. They may have just not, in fairness, they may just have not known how to integrate them properly until recently. And we'll see how the current integration goes because it's better than it's been. But Wildstorm was its own comic line. Yeah. It's over kind, here. Kind of like Vertigo. Yeah. It, and, and it wasn't owned by DC, and then DC bought it, and then it kind of ran on its own for a while, and then it's been... New 52 broke it. Sorry. It's just another, <laughs> another one of the New 52 sins. Um, but it's an interesting set of characters. Um, and it is also the kind of thing where, if you're going to make this part of the connected DC movies, mm -hmm. you're going to build to a confrontation. Yeah. Because there's an ideology conflict here where Superman, Hope, the Authority, they want to be hopeful, but they're deeply cynical people. They're, and, and they I are, like them already. And, all, and they're deeply cynical in large parts because of what has been done to them. Right. So they are, they are, in many ways, they're very relatable as characters because they're flawed. On the other hand, if you're going to connect this, you're going to have... And, and there was a, uh, what's the matter with Truth, Justice, and the American Way, the comic book, where Superman goes up against the elite. The elite were the authority with a serial number carved, uh, uh, right. rubbed I, off I remember intentionally. Reading, I remember watching that animated the, version, and I wasn't that impressed. The animated version doesn't have, first of all, it doesn't have the artwork, which is kind of creepy, of the comic 
and it doesn't have the punch of the comic. The comic is just... I really loved the comic. The, uh, the That's just one issue, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And the animated, the animated film is fine, it's, but, it, but it's not great. And the comic, sh it should have been great based on the comic, in my opinion. You, if you liked it, great, good for you. I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. For me, it was watered down. It didn't have, it didn't have the... Because Manchester Black in DC, who's a much more interesting character, um, and I, I believe uh, recently murdered by Lex Luthor, spoilers... Um, By the way, MS says the new Wildcats comic was horrible, his opinion. Um, I haven't read it. I, 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 I am not up on any comic books at all. So really. I would say uh, it, it did not live up to my expectations, but it's miles above what they've done since they initially rolled Wildstorm in. So I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm just going to say it's better than it has been. <laughs> Which is an improvement in my eyes. Anyway, um, actually, this uh, was it. Stormwatch. Ah, we'll come back to that, and anyway. that's, that's, another, that's another conversation. Um, so, there's some real potential with this, and I am looking forward to seeing what they do with it. This is going to be one of those things where, if they were to tell the first twelve issues, I know it's again it's a feature, so I don't know that you'd want to do that. But if you were to tell part of that first 12 issues of the initial authority run, mm -hmm. you would have a really... Because it was... You know, Brian Hitch was the artist on it. Right. It's already... It's Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. It's already, already cinematic. And quite frankly, if you were just to adapt like the first six issues, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, it's going to look gorgeous. It's going to look... I mean, but it's going to be a casting thing because some of these characters... Um, if you the casting Jenny Sparks, casting uh, Jack Hawksmore, cat, uh, casting uh, Apollo and the Midnighter, these are this is going to be a, a thing where you're, you're, the casting of the right people here is going to be just really critical to give you, to make you really sympathize with these people who are doing terrible things for what they hope are the right reasons, and I mean yeah, ends justify the means type of thing. And and yet and they're concerned about that, but it's not stopping them. No. So it's 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 an important. It it could be re, could be really cool. Um, Paradise Lost: The Origin Story of the Amazons. I'm I like my I like my myth myth stuff. So I, this could be interesting. Well, I don't I don't so, know though. And again, this comes back to what what image they're using to promote it. Right. Because this looks like it's from Brian Azzarello's New Fifty Two run. Where they changed the origin of the Amazons yeah, to where they were raping men to have their kids and selling the boys off to Hephaestus. And I'm like, is that really what you want to do with the Amazons? I, I think in this case what they're probably, again... It's a total guess on my part. Right. I mean, to, to me this read, read off as warrior women. Well, yeah, yeah, but, but as Azarello did warrior women, but did really terrible things with these yeah. warrior women. Well, and the so. thing, is, I uh, if, give me give me back my Wonder Woman post crisis that initial set of uh -huh. get, that uh -huh. go yep. back there for, and that's that's what I liked, and and again, and I want and I want a Wonder Woman. All due respect to Gal Gadot, they're talking about her, her coming hair. back. Give her a hairstyle drawn by George Perez. Okay, fair Give enough. Give me George Perez. I, that's, you've fair got enough. to do that. 
I mean, I, I think that they, there's, there's a lot of potential here. And I think that because for a lot of audiences, this is new ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this, so. This there's a lot that can be done here. They've already been primed for things like, and I know that they're making references to Game of Thrones in here because it's which again, look, it's shorthand, folks. It's not. It's not going to be Game of Thrones, um, but I think that the audiences have kind of been primed for fantasy in on TV. Sure. And so I think there's some real potential here. We'll have to see how it plays out. It, it, it's yeah, it's going to matter a lot what take they're going to have on. And. The question then is, how far back are they going to go? Because right. if they're going back to the establishment of the island and their initial exile, what characters are we going to get? Because if this is pre-Wonder Woman, we're not going to get Diana. Right, no. We're not going to get Wonder Woman. We're mm-hmm. not going to get Artemis as Wonder Woman. Right, no. We'll probably have Hippolyte because they're all immortal. But, I think, but are I, they immortal in this? I think show? we're going to get. Well, I mean, we're more likely to get presence of the gods. Well, we'll have. We'll have. I imagine we'll probably have the Greek gods One because think. that's part of their origin. Is right. Them getting exiled to the to the island. So we'll have. To, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued with where they could potentially go with this. I'm looking more information is like before. I'm I'm uh, intrigued, but um, I want more information about how they're going to set it up and if they could bring me George Perez's initial version of this that would be great I mean I, I and, 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 and they may have something that is different and better or different and just as good but I, I again primed for when yeah well and, and, and the other thing too is and it was funny because we we just were going through watching Star Trek and we just watched Who Mourns for Adonis right, yeah. with Michael Forrest's Apollo. And the idea of the Greek gods being aliens who visited Earth all those years ago and set them on the course of civilization and whatnot. And you look at the DC universe, and on the one hand, you have space cops and aliens and cosmic horror. And on the other hand, you have over here the Greek gods of mythology. Okay, how are you going to reconcile all that? Because it, you can't do it Snyder, Snyder style where you actually apply real-world physics to all of this stuff. Yeah. It, you're going to have to really just stretch. I'm curious to see what they do. Because it, if it's all of a piece, mm-hmm. if it's all a connected continuity, and like James Gunn said, throughout all of this stuff, yes, they're all standalone, but there's an overarching thing that yeah, connects it. There's all. a through line to all of these yeah. things that he has, has not revealed yet what the through line is. And I'm but wondering about that because you've got a lot it, of different types of stories in this. Thing. Well, interestingly enough, the first the first big arc of the Authority, they kill God because because the entity that created life on Earth mm-hmm. um, used to live here. And then it left, and it came back, and it didn't realize it had created life on Earth, and we're an infestation, and it would like us to die now. And so the authority, and and the authority, like this is what we were created for. This is what this is the reason we came together. We didn't know it, but it's so that we can defend humanity from this alien space god, which is trying to kill us all. And it's like. So it's like the Justice League versus Cthulhu. It's yeah, it's essentially. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, uh, because they fly they fly their 
five-mile-long ship into one of God's arteries. Sense of scale, right? Sure. And it's like, okay. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's, a, it's a great comic. Um, don't do it in two hours, guys. Don't, do, don't. Oh, give, no, give me, you... you know, give me, give me the, again, don't, don't do 12 <coughs> issues. Um, well, the, the, thing, the thing is that sometimes you get this forest, forest in the trees thing because it, yeah, we're doing all of these separate things and there's this main through line that goes this. I, I hope they don't try to be too clever with it. Oh, yeah, no, no. I mean, I think I would like to think that they have looked at everything that didn't work and went, Right. <laughs> actually, you know, it's funny because James Gunn actually addressed that in one of the one of the articles where he's basically talking about they just gave this IP to anybody. Well, yeah, and he uses he uses a word we're not going to use here. They yeah. asked him they asked him what uh, his opinion of uh, things before. And he goes, "Well, it was a yeah. Well, see, and and what it doesn't necessarily bother me because I'm not too I'm not too invested in it to care, but." As part of his writers group, he's got Christina Hobson. Mm -hmm. Christina Hobson wrote *Birds of Prey*, which was not very well received, and by, but I was by most accounts, was a dumb take on the whole thing. It's got some problems, but it was also so. So here's your balancing act. Sometimes, is being able to enjoy something when it lets you down. Because there were things there was a th there was a lot I wanted for out of the Birds of Prey movie, mm. um, and I didn't get it. But you know what? I still had fun with. Once you set that aside, you're like, okay, I'm not getting what I want, but the rest that's here is fun, and that See, is. But as an audience, should we have to do that? For the audience members who weren't coming in with preconceived notions of those characters. That's who that film was made for. That's the problem, um, because that's not the only. There's, there's yeah, two, two audiences. audiences. Yeah, two. Audiences. And the thing is, is that they're, they're. You shouldn't be thinking of them as two audiences. They're one audience, but so you, you're trying to appeal to both the folks who know these things about these characters and the folks who don't, yeah. because there is, a, there is a line. There is a balancing point, and you get it with things like Matt Reeves' Batman. You get it with things like. Um, um, Although to be fair, Batman is more in the collective consciousness sure. zeitgeist. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, is that you don't you don't have to know that the Riddler in in the Batman is very very different than the Riddler in the comics. In both universes, it's the Riddler. It's just a different take on the Riddler. Yeah. The 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 core things are there, and so you're not looking at something like. Um, uh, you know, uh, a character who should be Batgirl not being Batgirl in Birds of Prey. Anyway, that's another that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, the next the next one is Brave and the Bold, yeah. which is uh, uh, Batman and Damien, and it's based on Batman and Son, right? Which Batman I enjoyed. Person. Now, the important part of this, okay, Batman and Damien, great. Da Bat uh, Damien coming to live action for the first time. I'm uh, in in film. I'm fine with that. Batman and Son, I'm fine with the idea of, of Bruce Wayne dealing with his, oh, my son is an assassin? This is, we gotta deal with, deal with this. Um, the idea of Bruce Wayne having to be a father, there's some potential here. But the part that intrigues me the most 
is is the th relatively throwaway thing where it's like, oh yeah, we'll be out again the Bat Family as well. I'm like, yeah, be specific. And they're like, mm -mm, nope, not going to do it. We're not going to be specific. Dick Grayson, uh, I'm sorry, I got to go. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, when I hear Bat Family, I hear uh, I hear uh, not only Dick Grayson as Nightwing. Because Damian Wayne is Robin. Right. But we also have Tim Drake as Red Robin. And we also have Jason Todd as Red Hood. We also Barbara have Gordon Barbara as Batgirl. Gordon as Batgirl. We have Cassandra Kane. We have... Yeah, so um, the potential uh, here for... Oh, who's the other one? Uh, spoiler, she was Batgirl for a while. Stephanie Brown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stephanie Brown. Alfred. Mm -hmm. uh, Al Alfred's a given. Right. Because it's Alfred. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued at the fact that they're actually talking about doing the Bat family. But you have Damian Wayne, which means you also have, at some point, maybe not necessarily in this in this run, but at some point you have Rachel Ghoul, Talia, the Lazarus pets, all you're the other stuff. You're going to have Talia at least in reference because I mean, yes, I, I would I would imagine she would make an appearance. But if nothing else, they're going to talk. They'll you'll get enough. You'll get teased. You know, uh, Rachel like Ghoul. We're not getting an origin again. I'm yeah, I'm I'm pleased with that and I like the fact that there is um so one of one of the reasons I think for going in and, and doing Damien, he's Gunn says that Damien is his favorite Robin and that and that's fine, he's a very popular character. But on a practical standpoint, it means you have longevity of that actor in that role. Well, you could do the same thing with Dick Grayson as Robin. You could, but then you have to basically Backtrack if you want to include characters like Tim and Damien and Stephanie. Well, that gives you even Cassandra. longer. That gives longer, longer. Yeah, but there, really. there, there will come a point. There will come a point, folks, when the superhero bubble actually will burst. <laughs> we don't know when that day is, and we'll probably be dead the way it's going. <laughs> but and then the Western will be king again. Probably not. Um, it, it, yeah. We don't. There's not enough. Well, I. I mean, you've got Yellowstone in 1923, and and the uh, big, but the, the biggest, win, the Winchester. But the age, the age, the age of those particular fan bases, is not necessarily the young on the younger end. Well, yeah, that's and, true. and and honestly, and honestly, to some degree, that makes sense because the westerns. Uh, there were people when the when westerns were popular. There were people who were still alive, who remembered them, who were, who were there. Actual, yeah, who were actually there. So there's this. We're reaching that generational thing where the kinds of story changes just because we don't have necessarily the, the connection to it. Well, and I think also we're we're also running up against the fact that a lot of and we've talked about this before too, um, the fact that so many so many of the people that are making these things now do not have the literary background that some of the oh, past sure. filmmakers have sure. You've watched YouTube and you've watched TV shows and you've watched movies, but you haven't read Homer. You haven't read Dickens and and, and read Zane Gray. And Zane Gray. Yeah, Louis L'Amour. I mean right. you got this whole group of people, this whole generation that is not literate. And, 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 they're, and they're in charge of some of this stuff, and it's, it's a yeah, scary well, prospect. Um, okay, so since we're running out of time here, Booster Gold, I'm looking forward to a... a and they're already talking about an actor. 
Are they really? They're, they're, they, uh, they haven't mentioned a name, but they oh, said they're talking okay. to someone. I thought it was something new. Okay. They're talking to somebody about playing the part. Booster Gold could be a lot of fun, and that opens the door for Ted Kord's Blue Beetle. Yes. It opens the door towards <laughs> Justice League International, which would just be amazing. <laughs> uh, but, it, but it opens the door for characters. If it's done right. Yeah, it opens the door for Fire and Ice. It opens the door for a Guy Gardner. Max Lord. It, yeah, there's a lot of potential here for, as, for Booster Gold for being a gateway character. And, and he's also a... There's, there's a fascinating thing. If you're not familiar with Booster Gold at all, uh, the description that Gunn gave, gave him is, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a loser from the future who steals technology to become a hero in the past. But he's also a character who, in many ways, can be viewed as a bit of a joke. But the character has a lot more depth than that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things with having a series is that it potentially gives you the opportunity to show that Booster Gold has become a hero in the comics. Yes, he's likes money more than most heroes admit to. Yes, well, he's he a little said shallow. This is this is imposter syndrome as a superhero. Right. Which that's that says a lot right there. Yeah. I mean and and there's another thing is that in and I won't do this spoiler, but there's a, a storyline that where Booster Gold turns out to be one of the greatest heroes in history. Yeah. But he, nobody ever knows it. Does this also potentially give us the chance to see Booster Gold go back in time over and over and over again to try to save Barbara Gordon from getting shot by the Joker? There, I really don't want to see that. I hope not. Because um, <laughs> I, I, quite frankly, um, yeah, there's just, no, I, I'd rather not. Um, now, do, okay, going back to Bat Family for a second, yeah. do you think we get Barbara Gordon Batgirl or do you think we get Barbara Gordon Oracle? Because at this point in time... So at this point in time, it should be... <clears throat> at this point in time, I would like to see... Because, <laughs> look, it's, it's going to end up being a personal choice. I think that if you have a younger Barbara Gordon than pre-being crippled by the Joker... Assuming that it's included in the storyline. Yeah, exactly. You, could, you, can, you can go past it entirely. Uh, one of the things that, that Barbara Gordon becoming Oracle, even though it was never meant to happen, it was never meant to, she was that, that, that uh, the Joker crippling Barbara was never meant to be mainstream continuity. Right. It was a one shot. It was a single issue, and just it, a single story and outside it, of continuity. And then it became continuity. And the cool thing that came out of that, even though it was very much a mistake, was that it ended up giving us a character who was a superhero who was stuck in a chair. Yeah. And, and, and then they erased it. And they too. erased it. Now, they have recently, in the Nightwing comic, where, where Batgirl is, features heavily, um, because she and uh, Barbara and Dick have finally gotten, gotten the relationship thing working, um, she can't be... Batgirl all the time. There's times she has to stop because the technology that is enabling her to walk mm. doesn't work all the time. Okay. It's like, so she's, she's like, okay, I can't put on the suit today because my body can't take it. So they are giving us, I'm not going to say the best of both, both worlds, but it's, it's a compromise that at the moment is more or less working. See, I would say mm. I, if you're gonna do if you're gonna do the Bat Family in the movies, 
I would be fine with Oracle because, sure, put Barbara in the chair if you're going to do that because my representation. And then you can have either Stephanie Brown or Cassandra Cain as Batgirl. Right. I, I, probably I, Cassandra Cain. I'd like to see she's Cass- Asian in my representation. And that, that gives you the mix that you Or need to leaving have. aside the my representation nonsense. You can't do that, though. No, 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 no. Leaving that aside, Cassandra Kane is an interesting character. Well, sure. And it just happens that she's Asian. See, and, and, and that's the rational way to look at it, but that's not how Hollywood works. Anyway, um, I, the, she, the age l- l- grouping is right, so yeah. having the younger thing. Um, I, I, Barbara in the chair means Barbara as Oracle. Barbara as Oracle is a great character. Barbara as Batgirl is a great character. Just write them, write all of these characters well, we'll be fine. And and give them, give them costumes that don't look like party warehouse cosplay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, is, this, this is recently a miniseries. Mm-hmm. From Grant Morrison. And the premise here was Supergirl and Superman are Two different characters. They come from, they they have different backgrounds. Mm. How? But but it's very easy. It's very easy for people to write Supergirl as female Superman. Right. But that's not who she is. And so so, Woman of Tomorrow was kind of like okay. Let's look and and since they brought her since they brought her back after killing her in Crisis. They have written. Her all over the place. The character has been very inconsistent for yeah. 30 years. Well, the first one that came back wasn't even Kara. It right. Was, it was Matrix. So, and yeah. actually the Matrix thing was kind of interesting storyline. <laughs> but so this is a way to actually look at the character and the fact that you know she she didn't have you know Clark Kent's upbringing. Right. She was where where he grew up with the Kents. You know, and from from a baby being able to develop, she was still out, you know, floating on a piece of Krypton with her, with a dying group of dying people. Everyone's dying around her, and so she there's this darkness to the character that was has been there from the beginning. Um, although, of course, back when she was introduced, you didn't do those kind of stories, right? But I mean, her her backstory even then was, well, it's a whole lot of dead people. Um, it just was, it just wasn't dealt with right mm-hmm. so here it is you know dealing with the fact that she's she's in this series she's recognizing that she's not her cousin she's not sure how she feels about these things she's not sure and so it's it's a bit of her having her um it's it's her journey to determine who she is for herself right now now let me ask you this does the darker supergirl story lead to Red Lantern Supergirl at some point. Mm, so, it? so it could if that's where they want to go, but I wouldn't because this is the end. The end. This whole arc is her basically being a hero. I mean, this is she's she never stops being a hero in this story, even though mm-hmm. she's dealing with the fact that you know she's. You know, it's, uh, there's po- really a lot of potential here to make this really cool Supergirl movie, yeah. where if uh, 
And and let's be clear, this is Kara Zor-El. Right. This is Clark's cousin. Right. This is the Supergirl we got in the CW series, not Sasha Kali's Supergirl, which is what we're getting in The Flash, Right. who's Lana Lane Kent. Yeah, so this is a multiversal reset in The Flash. So yeah. they've made that very clear. Okay. I think it's interesting, <laughs> That's too, the line. that, that when, when James Gunn is doing his video, he's quote-unquote, he's very excited about the stuff that he has absolutely no responsibility for because you've got, we have, um, we have, what's the, ne- what's the next one that's coming out? Isn't Shazam out next? Yeah, we got Shazam, Fury of the Gods, then you have The Flash, which he says resets everything. And, and, and then you have uh, Blue, Blue, Beetle, Blue Beetle and then Aquaman. Now, Blue Beetle has two. no connection to anything Currently, right, which sounds a lot like, because I think that was like a word that came up more than once. Currently, and so you have some potential there mm-hmm. for that story that Blue Beetle to get folded into this new continuity, right? And I can see very much having that. And this is where you get the you could get Ted, you could bring Ted, Ted Cord in, which connects to Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle Blue, uh, Booster, Booster Gold. Gold, right? Yeah. It all so, comes together. So the the other part then is you know you have uh, you have Supergirl you you could you could do the survivor's guilt stuff as well, mm-hmm. and you could also do you know maybe a little jealousy because some her of the, cousin yeah some of that is in there because the, the and, and a lot of that is the jealousy is about the fact that he had a a solid. A, a solid Life and and so and it's it's she's aware it's not fair, Mm. and it's also the other thing about this story is that it's in space. Supergirl leaves Earth to go find this to to ask herself these questions, and and she has an adventure out in space, and and there's times she her powers don't work, and because of where she is, and there's you could do very cool things. My biggest concern is, oh, it's it's a movie. Hour and a half, two hours. It's yeah. a lot to put in there. Now, that doesn't mean you can't give me the essence of this. And like I said before, it's an adaptation. If you can give me the essence of this story, yeah. then maybe it'll work. So, fingers crossed. I liked this series. Um, I thought it was interesting. And I thought there was it was a different kind of storytelling in how they handled it. So, I'm going to have my fingers crossed. Because she was not always the point of view character. So that was interesting. And the last one on the list. Yes. <laughs> so, all right. So, during the New 52, the one thing DC was getting right were their horror titles. Which, if you weren't reading their horror titles, you had no idea. Yeah. Uh, they were putting out such great horror titles in the New 52. Um, there had some misfires, no question. It's the New 52. But DC has long had a very solid horror slate and the fact that we are getting a big budget Swamp Thing movie um, is very exciting to me because of course we had the Swamp Thing TV series which turned out a lot of people actually liked shame they cancelled it um, right off the bat Um, but the potential here again is is and I think one of the things that, that because Gunn likes taking some of these characters that are smaller, 
lesser known. Mm. I mean, yes, there have been, there have been two Swamp Thing movies. There has been two Swamp Thing TV series. There was a Swamp Thing cartoon. Um, but yeah. in many ways, still a lesser character. So this is going to be an origin story for Swamp Thing. But the thing is, is the question I have is, which, which one? Yeah. Because the current Swamp Thing is not Alec Hol Holland. Alec Holland is part of the story of the current Swamp Thing. But the current Swamp Thing run... Is he still an elemental? He is still like an elemental. Yeah, but but the, the the green has been there. It's complicated. There's they've they've done some interesting stuff with the green and the gray and the red, because the red is life, mm. um, and and there's all these different things that they've done with it. The current run, which has been, it was a twenty-four issue series, twelve issue, twenty-four. I can't remember which one, but it was um, it was really good. And I was really surprised because I was one of those people who was like, but I like Alec Holland as the Swamp Thing. Um, because, I, again, teenager, right. when, right. when the anatomy lesson came out, when Alan Moore redefined Swamp Thing, when Alan Moore basically kicked off the British invasion of comics um, and opened the door for Morrison and Gaiman and all these guys who were coming over and giving us these, these different kinds of comics. Um, and so, Alec Holland is my Swamp Thing. Right. Except the thing is, is that Swamp Thing is, a, by default, a legacy character. Alec wasn't the first Swamp Thing. So, the idea that they would actually have, because they had a, there was a sequel, there was a, his daughter, Tefe, mm -hmm. um, was the new Swamp Thing in a series that was, eh, eh, eh it was all right. It had some premise. It had promise, didn't live up to it. So it's not the first time. So they, when they bring in a new person to be Swamp Thing, I was really pleased with how well they wrote it and how much his character and the world he was living in um, was interesting and how they incorporated Alec Holland into the story. Okay. And I'm like, okay, so you could give me a completely new, you could, you could do this new version of Swamp Thing, which would be fresh for a whole, for every audience, now, that could be would cool. Now, would you would you incorporate know. would you incorporate the recent DC Universe series that lasted for a season and everybody liked it? It got canceled too soon, and use that as the precursor to this one, or you start fresh, clean slate. I would start fresh, thing. clean slate, but I would look at I I would imagine they're looking at that series to go look. Mm. This was killed too soon. Let's see what, what the, now, the best parts of it. Swamp Thing also means John Constantine. It, well, it, it, not, it means Constantine. It means opening up the door to the horror side of DC. Yeah. Do, but, but at no time in all of this, the last couple of days, has there been any mention of the Keanu Reeves Constantine sequel that's. Which been I am anticipating is going to end up being part. Elseworlds? I, yeah, it's going to be in Elseworlds. And I think that it's going to be part of um, this this other this other side of things where, you know, we're not getting um, we're getting you know a sequel to Joker. Are we getting a third film? If is the second film successful, you know that's yeah. how that's how the business works. Um, you know, Batman. The, the, the but those are those have already been established as being Elseworlds. Right. So I think that we're going to get a well, and, and strictly speaking. I mean, folks, I, I enjoyed the Keanu Reeves version myself, but it's definitely in Elseworlds because John Constantine 
is uh, British. And blonde. And he, he should look... In I'm a, still I, in a perfect I, world. He waiting, looks like Sting. I'm still waiting in, for a blonde Barry Allen. Yeah, well, there's that too. I mean, uh, in a perfect world, a, he looks like Sting in the '80s. Yep. He looks like Quadrophenia Sting, and then that's a deep cut for you kids at home. Um, uh, did Gunn say how Aquaman two or Shazam fit into the DCU? No, because the DCU technically does not start until Superman Legacy. Right. That's officially That's the kickoff. The, Although right. the the other stuff, the two series, you know, uh, Creature Commandos and Waller, are before that. And they're part of the bigger picture. But in terms of the 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 <laughs> in I, terms I, of the overall launch of everything, and the I DCU, think, everything is going to be anchored by the films. The TV stuff, is right? And, I, to and that. I think so it's a I think it's a recognition that the, the the movies again we're looking. We're looking at different audiences here. There are folks who will go to see this stuff in the theater who will never watch it on TV, yeah. and vice versa. Um, you know, it's like there's just you know there are people who will sit there and go, I don't like superhero movies, and they'll watch you know uh, Watchmen or uh, Peacemaker or you know The Boys or something. But it's like I'm gonna go. I don't like Marvel films. I like The Boys. Okay, no, hang on, <laughs> you know, um, whatever. But uh, there. But audiences, uh, and, and audiences are weird that way. The other thing, you mentioned Aquaman too. The other thing that Gunn made very clear is that Jason Momoa is not going to play more than one character because people asked him about that because there's been this rumor swirling around that he was going to play Aquaman and maybe Lobo. Because he looks like Lobo. Because he, well, and, and, well, and he also he's been playing Lobo. He's, he's, got a, he's been playing Lobo this whole time anyway. He's, the, and James not Gunn abra- says... Not, as, not abrasive enough to be Lobo. <laughs> well, I... Depends on how he's written. Drunk Lobo is... Yeah, <laughs> Momoa's been playing Drunk Lobo, who's a little easier to get along with. But, but Gunn did say, at, very clearly, no actor is playing more than one part in, in any of this stuff. But he also so, said that Aquaman it was envisioned in Momoa's mind to be a trilogy. So if he's done, yeah, the, that means that he could play another character. He's not playing Aquaman as well. He's playing a new character. Yeah. So, yeah, See, and I would be perfectly be fine. You make him Lobo. I, you know, I think that there's. Um, I mean, he's, I I just can't buy him as Aquaman. Uh, he's actually. Mm, it, uh, I mean that's a, that's just of, wicked of the Snyder I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll just say that of the Snyderverse versions of these characters, mm. um, the ones that I have been perfectly fine with, I've I've, I've enjoyed uh, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, um, and I've enjoyed Momoa's fun Aquaman. He's not necessarily the most interesting versions of the character that I have liked. He reminds me of the Aquaman from the animated Brave and the Bold. Kind, he kind, yeah, outrageous. Yeah, I mean, he's he's yes. he's a he's yeah. a he's a guy who's who's having fun with the fact that he's got these powers and stuff, um, and that's and that's fine. I, I was entertained by that. Um, eh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I he there are other roles he should play. I think he should move over to the Marvel universe and play. He's too big to play Wolverine in the new X-Men movie yes, stuff. He is. But, yes, he but is. again, you know, they were going to cast Bob Hoskins, and still <laughs> want to see the alternate universe where Bob Hoskins played Wolverine yeah. because I am there for that. And and no, Gunn has not said anything about the comics at all. It's something we talked about earlier is the fact that 
out of all, all of this being connected, you've got film, television, video games, and, and animation, but no comic books. So, and and if they're doing the if you're doing the the regular runs, you know, the mini runs and the and the different things, there is opportunity there to oh, do sure. some tie-in mm-hmm. stuff. Right. And, but you're not going to be beholden to it because again, Star Wars, you have to read this to know this to know this to this, and and it and it met you have the potential to, you to really at, mess things up. You look at some of these things that they're connecting with, uh, with you know Morrison's run here, or or you know maybe you're pulling stuff from from King or from you know Garth Ennis or mm-hmm. or any of these any of these folks who have built some of these. Sort of some in some cases iconic, in some cases lesser known storylines that I think that there's a real potential to make these things kind of feed into each other, which would be nice to see, yeah, um, and and to be more connected and and to some degree, even though you can see something like over in the Suicide Squad, the versions of those characters on screen, just like every other adaptation from when they don't necessarily resemble the version in the comic. Right. Um, but I think that there's a potential here to, for some of these characters with DC, it, it's going to be, in some cases, easier to make that transition than necessarily it was with Marvel. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm so off the bat looking at this, I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm still... Not excited, but sure. I'm I'm not automatically sitting there saying, "Oh, this is a terrible idea." Yeah, well, you know, I'm just like, well, okay, that's the thing. That's what they're gonna do. I, I mean, okay. I'm yeah, and I, I'm I'm more excited than that. I think there's a lot of potential here. I think that again, it's gonna come down. Yeah, he again and again and again, he said writing is what matters, and if they if that is the case, if that is what we're ha- what we're getting here. Um, you know, and, and they cast the right folks. There's a lot of potential here to really give us some cool. Whether it makes DC a, a, a powerhouse in the in the in the theaters or not, mm-hmm. it, potential to have cool movies, cool storytelling, yeah. cool TV shows. Proof is in the pudding. Though. Exactly, and I think we'll that see. that's you know, like and like they said, they've got a lot to prove. Yeah, they do. All so. Right. so we will leave it at that and, uh, and, and head out of here. And maybe next week, assuming that we don't have some other breaking news interrupt <laughs> our, our plans, next week we will do the crystal ball with, uh, right. with, uh, with this. If I can find my cloak. Uh, yeah, we still we need to do that. But anyway, um, that's going to do it for us, folks. If you have... Uh, do I have to do... Do I have to show this off? All right, so... Mrs. Boss's mother ordered this mm-hmm. for us, and I, I don't know why, but she did, and we got here. And so Mrs. Boss is now forcing me At least to show this. I don't think anybody is going to actually see this. I don't know. Are we going to see? All right. So it says, it says, um, you, and, you me. and me and the fur babies, yeah. and it is, and it is us. With the dogs. Oh, that is adorable. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, that's that. What am I? Yeah, that is adorable. That I turn it, it to the that thing. All right. So it's basically got images of me and Mindy and Alfie and Penny. That uh, is very so. that is, and that's sweet. That's very cool. Yeah, it's, it's cute. 
All right. It goes with the T-shirt I gave him for Christmas. All right. There we go. So that's it, everybody. Okay, so social media, we will show you all of that massive list. And you know what we we didn't do? Mm. I had all of the photographs for all of these projects lined up for us to pull up as we were talking about them, and we didn't do any of that because I didn't tell Mindy that they were sitting And we even talked about the photos, too. We even talked about the photos. So there's our social media list. You can connect with us on all of those (laughs) different uh, places. Do connect with us on the Discord server. Continue the conversation over there. And we will uh, be back over here next week probably to do the crystal ball. We'll see. Uh, in the meantime, coming up tomorrow uh, on uh, this channel, we've got more live from the bunker, and um, I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but we'll talk about something. Ever. Sometimes I do, uh, and then on Thursday, what do, what do we got next? What are, what have you got lined up there? You're going to show uh, Ranker Pad Thursday night. We'll be talking about Star Wars. And uh, they got some announcements for some things going on at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, Some panels that have come out and some guest announcements and stuff. And then, of course, Good Morning Multiverse on Saturday morning, which is our news wrap-up. And uh, that's going to do it for us tonight, folks. Thanks very much for being here. And we will do this again next week. Good night. Good night. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2023, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio.